humanities and social sciences. Welcome to another episode of Oh the Humanities and the Social Sciences, the hashtag Hashchat podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Belinda DeMoro, who's going to be chatting to me about uh, the studies of religion subject and the academic nature of it um, and value for students in the real world. I'm joined in this episode of the podcast uh, by Belinda DeMoro. Welcome. Welcome to me. Hooray. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> really <you>. being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you get used to it. Don't worry. I'm sure I will. Um, so thank you very much for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to chat to us. Oh, my absolute pleasure. So um, before we before we start talking uh, on today's topic on, um, I guess, the, the academic side and the real-world application of um, of a great, um, you know, humanity and social science subject of religion. Um, tell us a little about yourself. What do you do in education? Okay, so um, I've been teaching since 2013 full-time um, and I'm currently teaching my third cohort of HSE Studies of Religion. Um, but I do have three subjects areas that I teach. So I'm primarily an English teacher and I'm actually the assistant English coordinator at the school that I'm currently teaching at. Um, And I also teach visual arts. So I have a bit up my sleeve in terms of social sciences. Um, But I suppose most people see me as an English teacher, which it sort of surprises them when I say that I teach studies of religion, I suppose. Um, I suppose because I haven't come from a hugely rich religious background and when people think of studies of religion, they generally think of a hyper-religious side of it rather than the academic side of it. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay, great. Now, um, so you mentioned you, this is your third cohort of studies of religion year 12 um, through. Um, what, I guess, what goes through your mind when you're, you're first encountered by students in year 11 um, when they first pick up studies of religion? Do you normally get the, um, you know, how am I going to hook them in or how am I going to try and change their mind from this oh being a happy religion <laughs> thing? Or <laughs> What do you do? What's so, your process? Okay. So I think my first process is a thinking process. Um, look, I come from a school that is in Blacktown, so Western Sydney, where I mean, Western Sydney and and Blacktown in particular is probably one of the most culturally diverse places in New South Wales, if not in Australia. So I've got a group of students in front of me who have done what is essentially Catholic studies um, between seven and 10, at least with us at our school. Um, And I know that most of them are not of the Christian faith. So first of all, I've got to get out of that frame of thinking of them as having a Christian background because I think that that's one of the biggest issues with teaching studies of religion in a school that has a denomination attached to it is that we have to get rid of the we when we're discussing faith and I think that's probably one of the biggest issues. Um, So to try and break that barrier, we always talk about looking at SOR as studying religion from a secular perspective. Um, And I think that that would have huge impact and huge value in a non-denominational school as well, because there is this perception that, okay, I'm looking at religion and 
someone's going to tell me what I should believe and someone's going to tell me that what I've thought about my faith is incorrect. And the girls that I work with have really strong faith backgrounds. It just so happens that their strong faith backgrounds aren't the same faith background that of the school that I work in. Um, so I really have to think about um, the way that they approach the subject. I think 7 to 10 religion at the moment um, Look, there's some dioceses that do it really well in terms of looking at it from an academic framework um, and some other programs or, I mean, it, it's really a syllabus thing that it just doesn't look at religion in that secular way or there's only moments where you're encouraged to look at it in that secular way and there's, um, I guess, the semantic problem of a we believe um, sort of document that is thinking about teaching religion by immersion and by evangelization, which is not the case for studies of religion at all. Um, so to hook students, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, but to no, hook no, students. This is perfect. <laughs> um, to hook students, I think what we need to do is get them to think about why religion is actually used in society. And I think that the studies of religious syllabus actually identifies that really nicely in its rationale. It talks about religion being an answer to human needs and being part of our dialogue in terms of our perspective and the way that we have our view of reality and what we know as our worldview, which are the first couple of dot points in the um, yeah. in the proving course. And I think that those things are are hook enough because every student, no what no matter their background, from the start of time has had existential questions and studies of religion is designed to understand other people's perceptions of how to answer those existential questions, which is a really nice thing to be able to share with students. Yeah. And look, even if you're not religious, as a lot of the students in my um, studies of religion class, um, you know, very staunch atheists and, um, you know, even if, that even was if, me in high school. <laughs> but, you know, but the idea of, you know, um, what does religion do for people and the whole idea of the, you know, the existential questions. And I always sort of preface that by saying to the students, you know, have you ever been so tired that, you, you know, you, your brain um, your brain just switches on the second your head hits the pillow at night and it starts thinking, you know, what's the meaning of life? Um, you can be religious, you can be atheist, it doesn't matter because everyone has those questions, whether you're a devout Jew or a devout Muslim or a devout um, Christian or you're a secular humanist instead. Yeah, and I think um, probably my framework for teaching studies of religion comes from my background as well because, like I said right from the start, my family is not hugely religious. Um, I did go to Catholic schools but I actually found RE at school a really big chore. I hated it. Um, I think one of the biggest issues was what I was talking about before with that we mentality, that we believe this and we believe that. And I remember yeah. distinctly sitting probably in year nine or 10, just looking at my teacher going, well, every time that you say we believe this, I'm turning off and I'm tuning out because I'm not part of that we. I don't believe what you're talking about. So, um, I mean, there's there's still issues with that in seven to 10, I suppose, with teaching religion, because I know that um, there are some dioceses that still believe that, um, you know, we're supposed to be teaching formation by immersion. And it's 
you know, the new center of evangelization is the school and what have you. Um, but the students in my class are already religiously formed. You know what I mean? They're, and if they're not religiously formed, they're sitting there as um, a student who is atheist or a student who really doesn't know what they want to believe in yet. And I think that using that we language cuts students out. So the beauty of studies of religion is that the syllabus actually tells us that we're studying religion from a secular perspective. So it cuts out that issue and actually allows students to really engage with, okay, well, this is what other people believe and this is how it contributes to our society and how we can understand and empathise. And that's such a, I mean, this sounds a little bit crazy, doesn't it? But it sounds, to me, that sounds like something that's going to contribute to a more rounded student than just their faith formation individually, that they can actually empathise and work with other students or with other people in their day-to-day lives who are from different faith backgrounds. Yeah, look, I think it's 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 the idea of understanding, firstly realising and then understanding that there is someone else um, in the world other than just yourself with their own views and their own ideas and their own beliefs. Um, so, and, you know, the way I always start as well is, you know, just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. Oh, my goodness. Um, I think the really defining moment of that is the school that I'm at now, like I said, absolutely have um, lots of students from multi-faith backgrounds and are really comfortable with their faiths. Um, whereas the school that I was at previously, um, we just had a huge number of students who, um, I guess, oh, I don't know how to put this delicately or politically correctly. <laughs> um, I guess the, just the, the general makeup of the school was that we had students who hadn't encountered many people of different faiths. Um, and had quite strong opinions about um, particular faiths within our Australian society that, um, look, they didn't agree with. And I think it's something that's perpetrated by the media, yes, but it's happening in homes where people are talking about particular faiths that they can't seem to um, seem to come to a way to actually remedy the way that they're feeling. And it's it's a really sad reality. And I mean, I mean, you know that I'm talking about Islam. There's just no way that I can sort of skirt around yeah. it. Um, but I was at a school where a lot of the students' families um, just didn't agree that Islam should be permitted in Australia, which yeah. just seems outrageous, absolutely outrageous. And I think it's um, like a lack of so, understanding of, of, of what exactly they believe in and who they are. Oh, Exactly. And I think, like I was saying, one of the most powerful moments was I remember I was teaching a year 10 class, again, admittedly not studies of religion, but it was in religious education. Um, And we were studying a unit. um, It's in the um, sharing our story syllabus called Unity. Um, And we were watching a documentary. um, It's called Mary Meets Muhammad. If you haven't seen it, it's it's a really good one. Oh, it's fabulous. So um, basically the premise of the documentary is that um, a Christian woman in Tasmania finds out that, and she's an elderly woman, finds out that a um, a detention centre is going to be built near where she lives um, and her knitting group starts to knit beanies for, um, for the people who are there. And she quite 
um, is quite standoffish and says, I'm not going to knit for these people. They cannot come into our country, rah, rah, rah. Um, and she ends up um, by by some sort of um, mistake, <laughs> ends up meeting a man um, called Muhammad who um, she starts a relationship with and he becomes her adopted son because she just can't believe um, his experiences and she um, – she watches him pray and she starts to recognize similarities between herself and him. And it's a really beautiful story. But, um, I guess the, the thing that happened in my class was that I had a student who's, um, uh, I'm trying to keep her privacy as well, but anyway, she came from a family that was, um, quite against, um, against Islam. Yeah. And yep. she came up to me, it was at the end of the lesson we'd had, it was actually in recess. Um, and she said to me, um, you know, my dad works in X field and he comes across Muslim people all the time. And he's told me, and he's in a position of authority, which, um, is also concerning. Um, but she said, um, you know, he's told me that Muslims come here and they get all these hands out handouts and, there's all these um, things that they're trying to take from us and they want us to dress a certain way. And she goes, you know, can you tell me what, what do they actually believe and, and what, what do they get when they come here? And, and, and it was all this very us and them sort of perspective. And at the end of the conversation, I just remember she, she looked really exasperated and she just said, I, I just don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know if what my dad's told me is true. I don't know if what this documentary is telling me is true. She was just very confused. And I took her through to HSE with studies of religion. Um, and we went on an excursion to the mosque um, that uh, I had to fight pretty hard for her family to let her go on. Um and I mean, Isra in Auburn are just absolutely amazing um, at sharing resources for studies of religion. And, you know, their uh, mosque tour is absolutely phenomenal. Um, but so many of our students were held back or families didn't want them to attend, which was frightening, absolutely frightening. And But I think what was the the nice part about that was that the students who were studying Islam at that time were able to come to me and say, look, mum doesn't want me to go or dad doesn't want me to go, but I understand that this is important. And, you know, to turn your back on something that your family is saying or this um, predisposition to what is essentially racism um, I think is so important that they just said, look, I, I know that my parents don't want me to do this, but miss, I understand why I should be going. And I understand that I want to go myself because I'm knowing more than what my family knows. And I mean, that's, that's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah. And, and sorry, I ran. And I've noticed that a lot of schools, particularly ones I've worked at, they've shifted. And look, I, I teach the one unit course. So I do half the amount of, um, half the amount of uh, uh, subjects or units within within the course. Uh, I'm not sure if you do one unit or two unit or. Yeah, I'm teaching one unit. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the schools I've, um, I've been at um, are now moving away from doing, for example, uh, Christianity and uh, Judaism as their case studies um, and doing uh, Christianity and Islam instead. Um, Absolutely. These are Catholic and schools I'm talking about that, I, that I'm working at because they're the only ones where it's it's a compulsory 
um, the subject. Um, so, and, and it, it, with the with the intent of of um, I guess getting the kids out of their bubble and helping them understand. Yeah. Look, you know, we might be, or the majority of the people at this school might be, you know, Catholic Christians. Let's now look at Islam as another faith and actually try and dispel some of the myths and you know have a look at hang on we're we're not all that different after all why do we have so much um so much mistrust and so much um misunderstanding when really a we're all human beings in the first place you know we all you know enter the world the same way we're all going to leave the same way um but b we don't have very many differences so why do we um why do we keep picking on differences as opposed to celebrating what we have in common yeah, and I, I mean, the way that I introduced Islam this year was by using um, such an academic source, but um, ABC's You Can't Ask That. I was, I was you know, that actually going to bring that up later on. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love that show. It is fantastic. <laughs> I just can't get enough of it. Um, and, I mean, it's 20 minutes, like, perfect. So we've got our lessons that fits right in perfectly. Um, yeah, so I used it actually both for introducing Islam and when I introduced the um, 19... Um, 45 subject with Aboriginal spirituality. So we looked at the Aboriginal Australian perspectives um, in You Can't Ask That and we looked at the Islamic perspectives in You Can't Ask That. And, you know, that's happened at my school now, which is so culturally diverse and they were still, you could still see them going, yeah, that's a question that I wanted to ask and I just haven't, I haven't asked a Muslim person that before and you just go, Oh my goodness, girls! Come on, you, you like these these some of these questions are pretty silly, um, but it sort of gives this real world understanding that it's not just me questioning what I've been told or what I've seen in the media, and it really puts such a nice face on the truth and puts such a nice face on the fact that yeah, we, we feel awkward because we've been told that we should feel awkward about these things, but really there's a human being sitting in front of you and they're having very similar experiences to you, if not identical experiences to you. Um, yeah, which I, I found really powerful. I, I very much love that show and can't get enough of it. <laughs> I just anytime that I can use it for any subject, I will. <laughs> yeah, look, um, it's really there's another great, uh, another great um, one from uh, SBS, um, as well, I mean, it is a three-parter, and I think they're they're fifty minute each. Um, I've not shown them in class yet, just as a time restraint, because with a one-unit subject, you're already restrained by the amount of periods you've got a fortnight. So you've got to try and use yeah. as, as as well as possible. So that twenty minute, you can't ask that. That's you know, that's nothing. Um, but I can't justify doing a three-part miniseries. Um, it's called uh, the Mosque Next Door. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Oh, I love that show. That is great so, as well. I get so excited when I these wonderful yeah. tv shows um you know what else i've used which worked really nicely is um the is australia racist sbs special you know the face up to racism week that they had no i've not heard of um, that one i think it was last oh my goodness please watch it um it's it goes through and i, I mean it says racism and one of the actual parts of the documentary talks about the fact that um, racism has evolved from being about race to now being about religion and it's it's valid to call um i guess um to call that a, being against a religion as being racist now um i mean which is incredibly sad that we have to put another label label on it but anyway it talks about um the fact that um 
the way that we're positioned in the media, this is my English teacher coming out, um, the way that we're positioned in the media changes our perspectives, but that we can actually have a very quick change in those perspectives as well. Um, I used it when we were looking at um, closing the gap for um, for Aboriginal spirituality and um, continuing effects of dispossession. Um, and there's a great scene where they have a scenario set up where a young white Australian boy um, is seeming to commit a crime and the difference that the different way that authorities react when a young Aboriginal boy is committing seemingly the same crime. Um, and it's, I mean, it's really confronting, exceptionally confronting footage. Um, but it does talk about that, that idea of institutionalised racism and the fact that we, we have to talk about that when we're talking about the continuing effects of dispossession for Aboriginal spirituality. And um, really similarly, it, it, um, follows a young Muslim woman who um, dresses in the cub for the first time instead of wearing a hijab and um, the sort of treatment that she gets from regular Australians who do not know that they're being filmed. And, yeah, it's really, really great stuff. But, again, the time, it's I think it's an hour, that episode. Um, I've definitely used sections of it in Studies of Religion um, and used it with English as well when we're looking at authority and texts and who has the power to control meaning. So, yeah, there's some great sources out there. And, look, I can imagine you being a, as an English teacher and a visual arts teacher that there's um, just so many opportunities for you to bring in um, uh, to bring in some cross-KLA work here in terms of the students being really creative in the ways that they can express their own ideas and studies of religion as well. Yeah, and I mean, that's always our aim, isn't it? To get students to really creatively think about the ways that they're um, they're interpreting or transferring their knowledge. And the time restraints really get to me. I think with a one-unit subject, you've got to be really cautious of covering content and allowing for that transfer of skills. So, um, look, I've been trying it a little bit more this year than admittedly I have in the past simply because um, we now have access to, well, first of all, my girls really love your flipped learning videos for studies of religion. I think that got them through their prelim. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> they, they're always like, who is this guy? He's fantastic. I love him. <laughs> um, uh, if only you can so, just see the size yes, of my head ballooning out right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they love that. And we've got Edrollo now, so we're using a lot more flipped um, learning opportunities. Um, so there is time in class to really have a little bit more application to what they're learning. Um, we've done, we've just finished Islam in the HSC course and um, they were doing some pretty hilarious interviews um, talking about perceptions um, they're studying Aisha as their um, person and um, they had to take on her persona to sort of <laughs> explain why the perception that um, female representation in Islam is somehow degraded in the media and that that's not true because she is, um, you know, a predominant scholar and an amazing symbol of um, of feminism <laughs> um, for Muslim women and non-Muslim women alike and yeah, they really enjoyed that. So we're trying to get a little bit more creative. Um, yeah, slightly disheartened at time, 
times about the fact that I only see them for two hours a week. Only two hours a week. So you but we get four there. lessons a fortnight. That's it, yeah. So you really, I mean, there's so many great resources. Have, but you've got to try. I, I, sorry, I had to pause. Do you have more time than well, that? Well, we've got 50-minute lessons and I see them okay. um, five times a fortnight. So really, oh, that, that, okay. that, that's, I think, I'm pretty sure, I think that's just comparable with you, with your four one-hour lessons um, yeah. to five 50-minute lessons. Yeah, it's roughly the same. The time that we sort of get settled and <laughs> oh yeah I suppose it is roughly the same I'm just gonna cry that I don't have an extra lesson <laughs> that extra point of contact seems yeah. really nice and look I enjoy teaching this as a subject because you 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 do see their eyes light up and you do see their faces when they see hang on you know this is yeah this is not just sitting around a campfire you know playing an acoustic guitar singing kumbaya this is something we can actually you know <laughs> you know apply in real life when you see um you know, someone of a different faith or um, someone else walking down the street, you know, now we know what's going on rather than just what's been fed to us through media or from other people. Absolutely. And and like I said, you know, I was that student sitting in the classroom in 7 to 10 RE going, this doesn't apply to me. I don't believe this. I don't know what you're talking about. And you know, I thought that I was being exceptionally sacrilegious when we had a research project and I did it on the corruption of the Catholic Church in Year 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just, I really wanted to yeah. make a point that I didn't agree that I had to sit through these lessons and studies of religion allows for that student um, to understand that it's not just about your own faith or it's not about the faith that is the predominant faith of the school or it's not um, what's the the seen religion but the fact that it's we live in a society that is a melting pot and that's a huge cliche but I mean our stats don't lie do they and we do we have so many different faiths and we're linguistically diverse we're culturally diverse so why aren't we exposing to student exposing students to the fact that it's okay to understand more about each other as a point of empathy and as a part of the human experience. Um, well, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it just boggles that, it boggles that you wouldn't pick to teach yeah. this. You know what I mean? Like I can cover some of it in English. I'll, I'll do that, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put on that hat in English um, and we'll look at the different way, the different perspectives of the world and the Extension 1 course allows us to do that to more of an extent but to so intricately unpack someone else's faith and look at where their thinking comes from and what influences their behaviors and what influences their interactions with others allows us to see more commonalities that allows us to see differences and that's really what I think life is about that we we connect with others and we we are able to actually empathize so yeah, there's no kumbaya happening in my classroom. No, it's, it's <laughs> less kumbaya, more critical thinking. I think that's what it is. Oh, and such an academic subject. Like I can't imagine um, a subject where you're more involved in um, source work apart from, you know, ancient and uh, modern history. We are constantly looking at academic sources. We're constantly looking at primary sources, look here, I'm pretending to be HSIA teacher now. (laughs) (laughs) But we're constantly unpacking those things to see the way that the religion has developed. And that's, you know, an academic skill. It's something that involves such critical thinking that 
you, it's not even comparable to to looking at teaching religion just as a sole focus on on one faith. It's it would be madness to teach that. I think. Yeah, it, it's basically looking at how how does the world. I mean. Whether you're religious or not, you can't deny that religion is it, – it's here to stay. There's no getting rid of religion. So you can't oh, get rid no of way. it. The least you can do is learn how to understand it better for everyone's benefit. Yes, there's no getting rid of religion. Yes, our current census tells us that more people are are identifying as having no religion. But I don't think that that census data accounts for people who are writing no religion but still have a sense of faith in something um, because, you know, I mean, and there was that huge campaign before um, the census as well for people to really accurately state what religion they were. And, I mean, last year's census, I don't know how accurate that's going to be um, with all the all the issues with that. But anyway, um, in terms of that trend of having no religion, but I don't think that that means that people are becoming less spiritual or that people are becoming less in contact with um, asking existential questions. I think it's a reflection of people actually being exposed to more and taking a little bit more time and care in terms of what they believe in. Um, Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it is a mark of a more secular society, but there's no denying that those questions will still come up as they have come up from the beginning of time. It's not just going to magically disappear because we're feeling disenfranchised exactly. or, or can, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Well, actually. And that's what the studies of religion does. It makes you think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you think about the sorts of, is English again. You think about the sorts of texts that are really popular now, um, like The Handmaid's Tale. I was <laughs> been binging. It's the holidays. I'm allowed to binge. Um, you know, I, I reread the novel recently and went, yeah, I need to watch the TV show. Um, but that idea of the fact that religious extremism is going to end up blowing up in our faces really wasn't Atwood's point, I don't think. And yeah, there's there's a really nice scene in the TV show where um, do you know the? I've heard of it. I've not read it or seen it, but I've I've heard of I've heard of it roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the you know the the general gist that there's the establishment of Gilead, which is a society that's basically um, religiously driven, um, predominantly Christian um, to the extreme, absolute extremes of everything. Um, but yeah, there's this great scene where the wife of the commander is sitting in the movie theater and, um, the commander just says, you know, uh, where we've been approved to commence our strikes on Congress. So they're talking about essentially killing, um, every American political leader and the wife just goes, yeah, but we're saving them. (laughs) You just go, Oh God. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's, I don't think that Atwood's trying to say that, we should not have religion it's the fact that the people who are creating this fanatical society is that they weren't able to accept and respect other people's religious points of view it wasn't that they truly believed that um there was one religion and that's the only religion and we cannot have people behaving in another way it was more that they had no empathy for people who didn't believe what they believed and that's probably a more powerful message than having an anti-religious message that 
lots of people read into that text. So. Exactly. Again, it's more of a more of a <laughs> less understanding about the other that there's someone else out there other than just yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's always what it's going to be about. Always. Um, look, I don't know about you, but I've had an absolute blast um, having a chat to you about religion. I can do this all day. We've been speaking for half an hour, Marco. How do you feel like that happened? Uh, Where did the time, time go? Time flies when you're having fun, Belinda. I won't lie. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I'm wondering if my students feel that way about my lessons. <laughs> oh, I feel the same way sometimes when they look at me. Like, and... oh, yes, where did that hour go? <laughs> no, I said they look at me the that. same way sometimes and think, oh, he's having more fun than we are because I get so animated and so happy and yeah. so active during religion and um, sometimes they don't pick up, yep. you know, that, that, that same, um, you know, that same enthusiasm on, on some days, but, um, I, so I'm still, I'm enthusiastic, enthusiastic enough for all of them. Yeah, yeah, me too. I make up for it. So it's fine. Um, so look, <laughs> thank you very, very much for, um, giving up your valuable time to have a chat to us about the value of religion and studies of religion as an academic subject in society. Um, I'd love to get you back sometime to have a chat about something else. If you're, um, if you're, um, keen to, to spread your knowledge again for the podcast oh maybe wait until you've listened back to this one before you make that commitment <laughs> well, thank you belinda very very much no problem thank you, bye. it's been my pleasure thank you for listening to continue the conversation find us on twitter at hashtag housechat. this podcast is part of the australian educators online network AEON.net.au